Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Call our guest line at any time during the live show at area code 646-727-3235 and let's talk about wine. Again, the phone number to call is 646-727-3235. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Hey. But uh, there he is. There's Ron. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Skype, if Skype is listening, you suck. You know, I just, I, I started at about a quarter till when we can get on the line calling through Skype. And it rang and rang and rang. And then it said, you know, disconnected. Thank you for using Skype. And then I hit it again. It rang and rang and rang. And same thing again. And it for 15, well, about 18 minutes, I did that, and it never did connect. So, Skype, if you're listening, fix the problem. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and um, then I I tried to call in. You said you were going to go through the host, so I went in while you were doing that. I tried the host again, and it actually went through, and then it says, I'm sorry, we can only do one host at a time. There's already one there. And I go, oh, good, Mike's there. So, No. <laughs> So I'm wondering about that, I go, I go, wow, you you disconnected, and uh, when I disconnected, I guess it it knocked us off, and then uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah. yeah, logged in real quick and um, got that done. Yeah, um, we're good but, to go. I well, at least you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm calling on the landline, so guest, if you're calling in, don't. Well, yeah, I suppose you still can because we can have multiple guests, so so that's not a problem. I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Yeah, things happen. I got to get you set up on on Google Hangouts. That's that's what I've been using. I kind of I've almost all but pretty much erased Skype. I mean, I can do without it, but I know when when you're on here or trying to get on or you haven't, you know, you're not on on the board yet. I can get on Skype and you know sometimes I can I can catch you and, and chat with you and find out what the problem is. But but uh, and I don't know if that function is in uh, Google Hangouts or not. But I've been using Google Hangouts for. God, over a year, I guess now, and, and really? totally, yeah. yeah. I only use Skype now just to see what what if you're having problems getting on here. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I did. Yeah, yeah. I sent you an email yeah. telling you I couldn't get on here. Yeah, but, yeah, I got, uh, yeah, I got that. You saw that? Yeah, I got that. So, yeah, yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Email me all the information. I'll, I'll try to play around with the Google Hangout, yeah. see what I can get going on that. Yeah. So, and, and it, did yeah, you get my package? Good, good stuff. I sure did, and that that was my response to your email. Uh, thank you very much. I received. I am actually drinking wine out of a glass this time, and uh, cool. Sometimes I'll right before the show, I'll you know I'll, I'll I'll grab the wine and I'll look around for something, and and it could be anything from a plastic cup to um, 
the little measuring <laughs> thing for cough medicine, and I'll say, Coffee you know cup. what? <laughs> 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 I'll just grab something and, and start, you know, I mean, it's wine, but uh, now I have an official wine glass uh, from yeah. Florida State's Winery, a uh, beautiful glass, and um, I got uh, some port in it. So, um, wow. Oh, fantastic. Um, that was amazing. Thank you very much. It, it came in. Well, you're quite uh, welcome. UPS. Yeah, that actually went through this time. Other package obviously did yes. not, but that one went through. And oh, I was, packed it was a little bit more well. there. You saw the junk I put in there. Yeah. It was packed. <laughs> I, was like, I was like a kid on Christmas. I was like going through it going, oh, there's stuff in here. <laughs> yeah. That was perfect. Yeah, I, I, I threw everything I could to be sure. I, you know, oh. that first package I sent you, I – always have a policy, and I've been doing this for the years since I've been shipping at the winery. I always have a policy that once a package is all set and ready to go, <clears throat> excuse me, all set and ready to go, I hold the package above my head and drop it on the ground. Whoa, and really? Yes. If everything's secure and there's no problem, then I ship it. If something breaks <laughs> or if I hear something rattling too much, I'll pop it open and repack. But FedEx, UPS, whoever you ship with, do that mm-hmm. because if you, yeah. you know, it's just because they don't care. I mean, there's. I no. just saw a video on uh, on the computer today where the package had fragile marked on a big box. I mean, it, it was about three and a half feet squared and uh, mm-hmm. big box, and it had fragile marked all over it. And here was this. Uh, FedEx driver flipping the thing end over end to get it up the driveway and into the, you know, by the door. I mean, it just, fragile means nothing. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I always drop it above my head. I did not do that to your first package. And (laughs) it was returned to be broken. So I, you know, it's actually my fault. But that one was, um, yeah, they said you well tested doesn't UL, United uh, uh, Underwriters Laboratories, don't they do drop tests uh, before they put the little seal of approval? I think they, they put it through several tests. Yeah, yeah. I think they, one they of them is a drop test from like two feet or something. It's not a big test, you know, like you putting it over your head. Yeah, oh, I, I but, drop it. You know, from I'm, I'm six two, and I drop it over my head on the floor. I mean, it's just this standard. Well, when I worked at I, I worked at a photography studio for a number of years, and, and UPS drivers stopped by every day and picked up stuff. We always had stuff going out, and so he'd stop by every day. And he brought this one package in one day. Actually, it was photographic paper. We were This was old school. We were printing our own prints and all that stuff. And he brought in photographic paper, and he came in, threw it on the counter for me to sign for it. And I looked at it, and here, right in the middle of this box, and I mean, a plainest day was a outline of a great big boot print where somebody had used oh, a no. box step up and use it as a step up higher. And I looked at wow. him and I pointed, I pointed at the boot print and he just shrugged his shoulders. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, mm. so uh, anything wow. you ship, and, and it goes to the post office too. Anything you're going to ship, if it's anything fragile yeah. at all, be sure to drop it and be sure it doesn't break. So, so I'm glad yeah. you got it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad you got the oh, glasses. Absolutely. So good, good, good. Thank, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you to Kathy welcome. as well. I, I I bothered her again with the address. I was like, I don't remember if I if I redid this or what. So I sent the address again, and she said, oh, no, no, we still have it. So I was like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I I put it in the save, so I I popped it right back up great. again. So I had it. So um, so yeah, good, very nice. good. Thank you. 
<clears throat> and you still have now for for anybody out there um, tuned in. Um, you still have items. You have T-shirts. You have uh, the little um, accessories, I guess, a little knickknack type of you know wine-related uh, things that you had in the store. Uh, what about wines? And and you still have uh, some more glasses left if anybody wants to order. I have port. Uh, port normally was twenty four ninety five. We're selling it now for uh, eighteen. So we're giving a big discount wow. on it for you. Uh, so if anybody okay. wants it, uh, if you live locally. Uh, We'll do a pickup. If you live out of state or whatever, uh, shipping, will you'll have to pay that too. But, yes, we have port. Um, we also, like you say, have T-shirts and uh, accessories, different stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know what all. Uh, I ain't there. My wife taking care of all That's that, posting it on our Facebook pages and stuff. But uh, if you're interested in any of that, we also have some bottles too for any of you out there that are – doing your home brewing or any wineries or anybody that's listening, I have 30 cases of uh, 750 milliliter green bottles, 12 to a case. I have uh, 22 cases at 9 to a bottle blue triangle bottles. Those are the port bottles. And I also have 21 cases of the clear flint bottles, the uh, burgundy bottles, 750. The port bottles are 500 mil and the other 750. So Anybody is interested in bottles, uh, I've got those also. So yeah. uh, be in touch. Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, yeah. Contact them on Facebook, definitely. And um, uh, and there may be uh, wineries out there that could that could uh, definitely use that as well. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, get in touch yeah. with them and, and see what they have. And, uh, you know, there you Give go. Give me a good it's, price. It's, um, I mean, it's just a matter of rotating it out. Yeah, so yeah. let it just sit there. There's no reason for that, so. Right. Um, and if you haven't had the port or you were kind of waiting for the port, this is your chance to get it, uh, especially discounted uh, per bottle uh, price. Uh, I would definitely get a hold of this now because uh, once it's gone, it's gone. And this is a fantastic wine. Um, it's it's a little high in the uh, alcohol. <laughs> what is it? The alcohol? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's what's the percent? 19, yeah. <laughs> around 19%. <laughs> Took the first sip. But it's and I got like, a taste. Oh, it's got such a nice taste. Oh, it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 wonderful. Just uh, uh, contact them on Facebook and and get a hold of them because once it's gone, it's gone, and uh, you definitely want to want to get your bottle and uh, and your accessories and things like that. There's still uh, things for sale. So um, heavily discounted, and uh, get in touch with uh, with them on Facebook. That's that's your best bet. Or yeah. Uh, maybe they can, maybe they can uh, do the all about wine 101 at gmail.com. Uh, that goes to you yes, as well. They can so, do that way too. You know. yeah. 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 Any, any, uh, uh, any so way to get in touch with me. Uh, right. And I no will get back. Uh, yeah. um, well, thank you again. But that, that was uh, it's absolutely delicious. Oh. And, I'm, and I can't say now that I'm going to drink wine out of a plastic cup anymore because it's, it's in glass. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm official now. <laughs> and I was swirling it. I was swirling it around, and I was doing the sniff test. You know that kind of thing. I was like, "Yeah, this is." Yeah. <laughs> only, only took me a little over nine years on the program to get you away from that and get you into a glass. So that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> perfect. Thank you. Very much. Um, well, that's our show for tonight. Thanks for everybody. That's it. <laughs> Uh, uh, we got a guest next week, uh, so tune yep. in for that. 
Uh, I'll get a hold of him and confirm this week. That should be no problem. He said he will be available. So tune in next week. Uh, I'll let Mike know the information and all the names and everything, and he'll post it up. So uh, if you want to know who it is, or, you know, I'll be out there listening on archives. You can check that, too. So um, speaking of a guest at a winery, I do have some winery information to pass on to you. As always, Whispering Oaks. Uh, Whispering Oaks is uh, said there's something new uh, out at Whispering Oaks. It says, can you see if they get a picture here? But I don't see what it is. I'm not going to run the video because it probably has sound to it. and I don't want to have it on there. Well, let me hit it and see what it says here. Uh, it's a minute 19 long. Oh, let's see. It's got a new entrance sign. Ooh, a brand new entrance sign to Whispering Oaks. And they go down their long road with... I don't see the fences for the goats, though. And... Uh, well, there's a customer coming out. They're doing this video. It's a, it's a minute 19 video. Uh... Whispering Oaks. You can check that out too if you like. But it's a long entrance road and they're traveling the long entrance road and a video on the long entrance road. I don't see the goats though. They used to have fences up pretty close to the road here and the goats. And I don't see the goats. Is Okay, there's a fence. And is that the goats also? Hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't see the goats on whispering whispering oaks. Let's see if see we've got a about um, twelve seconds to go on this video, and it says, "Do you see something new?" The only thing I see new is no goats, and that's sad because that was a cool part of driving up there, seeing all the goats. Huh? Well, yeah. The only thing I saw new was no goats. So, oh, well. All right, uh, Whispering Oaks. Uh, doesn't look like they have the goats. But this weekend, give you a good chance to go up there and check out and see if they do have the goats. Uh, Whispering Oaks has a steak dinner and live music. Uh, they do that a lot. Uh, the tasting room is open from 11 uh, until 9, I think. I don't know. Uh, they open at 11. They have uh, blueberry wine, all sorts of blueberry wine, which is really good, really cool. They have uh, a uh, American Pale Ale from the Tampa Bay Brewing Company, and they also have a Wakula Hofweizen and Vega Blonde Ale from First Magnitude Brewing Company in Gainesville. And they'll have that available Saturday. Uh, live music every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, they have flatbreads, uh, special price during the week, and uh, steak night again. Or if you prefer Alaskan salmon, and I've read the menu before. Uh, $5 hot dog bar every Sunday from noon to 3. Uh, so get your hot dogs and put all the goodies you want on it. The steak night is uh, a baked potato, Idaho baked potato, green beans, uh, ranch stall baked beans, salad bar, pumpernickel bread, uh, $27.50 per person plus tax and gratuity. So um, if you're in that area, they are located in 
well, actually Oxford, but they're not really close to anything. They're right off of I-75 in northern Florida, County Road 475. So uh, if you want to get a hold of them, 352-748-0449 or www.winesofflorida.com. So Whispering Oaks. Uh, let's see, Whispering Oaks, that one I just read. I didn't eliminate it. Uh, we've got... Uh, oh, it's not on that one. It's on this other one. Let me go and pull this up. We've got uh, another winery. Oh, a couple of them here. We have... Uh, well, Inor- uh, in Inori. I keep wanting to pronounce it Inori. Inori Winery is having a September happy hour every Thursday from 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, glasses of wine, $5 each. Bottles, $3 off. That's through September. Uh, also, they have happy hour, which is back for September. That's from 5 to 8. And then there's seasonal wines. Uh, tastings are $10. It includes tastings and a souvenir glass. They have a pomegranate wine, which is out now. And let's see, wine slushies. Uh, this week's wine slushie is only $6. And it's a black Spanish apple wine slushie. And they will be closed on the 22nd of this month. Uh, that's a Saturday, I'm pretty sure, isn't it? Uh, oops, wrong month. Yeah, that's a Saturday. They'll be closed on the 22nd. But they have a private event going on there, so it's not going to be open to the public. Ennery Winery, located at 1650 Dusty Road in Newberry, South Carolina. Phone number 803 276 2855. So if you're interested in, uh, uh, or if you're in that area, check them out. And Walsh Vineyards, we always get stuff from them. Walsh Vineyards Harvest Time is here. Uh, they've begun their hand picking process and they plan on picking Fridays through Sundays. They will start picking at 7 and uh, They are looking for people who would like to help them pick. Lunch will be provided. Uh, So you can call first to be sure that you're part of the head count so they know they have enough for lunch. Always a fun time. Go up there and do some picking. That way you can say you helped pick the wine or the grapes. And uh, it's supposed to be nice or little nodier says, you know, should be a beautiful weekend. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at uh, Walsh Vineyards. They are located in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, 1599 Old Line Road in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. Want to give them a call? 717-826-2715. So if you're interested in helping them do some picking, they will be more than happy to have you come in and do it. And, you know, you don't have to stay the whole day. You don't have to do all that stuff. You just, you know, you start getting the best of you and say, hey, this is getting the best of me, and leave. I got another email 
from F.S. and H.G. That's Frankie Stu and Harvey Gunn. They start their U.K. tour next month. Now, I don't know why I'm getting this, but hey, I'll pass it on. Uh, they're an English duet. Uh, tickets are running low, so if you're in England and you'd like to check this out, then you can uh, get your tickets because it's going fast. They're going to be in Nottingham, Birmingham, Manchester, Bristol, Leeds, London, and Brighton. And they said it's going to be big. So if you're fans of, well, I guess they go by FS and HG, that's Frankie Stu and Harvey Gunn, then, you know, check them out. I, I, again, I don't know why I get that, but that's cool. I'll pass it on. Uh, and let's see. Let me get out of this and go to this. New survey by Ernest and Julio Gallo. Let me see if this is the one. No, is this the one? No. Uh is this one? I'll find it here in a minute. Give me a second. I know I've got it here. No. What happened? Oh, here it is. Okay. If you want to check this out, go to gallotrends.com. G-A-L-L-O-T-R-E-N-D-S. Gallotrends.com. It's the 2018 Consumer Alcohol Beverage Survey. And it's just some interesting stuff. They now... It's not just a little small survey where they interviewed uh, 100 people that came to the, the, one of their wineries. This is uh, the E-A-N-J Gallo Cube, K-U-B-E, stands for Knowledge Unearthed for Business Expansion. They have findings of more than 100,000 alcohol consumption occasions to undercover the latest values and beliefs about all alcohol beverages and to understand how consumers choose, buy, and consume these products. So this is quite a in-depth survey. It's just not something I throw together. Let me give you some of the highlights and what they found out about wine. 66% of consumers say they change their drink depending on where they are and what they are doing, which makes sense. You know, if you're in a restaurant, wine. If you're at the ballpark, then, you know, beer might be the, a better choice. 73% of wine drinkers say that wine pairs best with meals more than any other beverage, and I can understand that, except for my mother-in-law, and coffee goes with everything. So, you know, you won't see her drink the wine, but coffee goes with everything. Um, but wine, I can, I can see 73% uh, say that. Two times as many consumers are nearly, are, consumers are nearly two times more likely to try something new in a restaurant or bar than in retail stores. Which, if you're a winery out there listening to me, do tasting in the stores. It really, really does make a difference. I used to do it every once in a while in different stores, different places, and it really, I saw the results in it. So get a chance to do a tasting in a store, do it. Uh, local winery here in uh, the Tampa Bay area, Kill and Curly, do tastings in grocery stores around. I, I see them every once in a while, and 
you know, they give you a tasting and say, you like that here? Pick up a bottle and, you know, they'll give you a certificate for 50 cents off or something. Good way to do it. It really does make a difference. And people will try something in a restaurant or bar, but, you know, in stores, it's where they can buy it. And, in fact, Olive Garden does a great program. When you sit down, the waiter or waitress comes to you and says, would you like to take a sample of our wine tonight? And she has it, or he has it right there in their hand. So, and it works. It's a great way to do it. And also, other things to do is, you know, if you see a bottle of wine sitting on the table, you think, oh, that's interesting. So, if you're in the industry, do it. It makes a big difference. Why is so serious? of wine drinkers say wine should be fun and enjoyable. That's what program All About Wine is based on, is trying to make wine less intimidating, more interesting, and more fun. 34% of wine drinkers say that other wine drinkers take themselves too seriously. You know, we all know those people, the ones who had the pinky out and, you know, and all this stuff, and think they know a lot about it. I used to meet those people all the time at the winery who would come in and think they knew a lot about it. And it was always fun. Some people did. Some people knew a lot about it and it was always fun to talk to them. But boy, there was a lot of them that come in and thought they knew a lot about it. And, you know, just a couple of questions you can find out. Don't try to fool the people behind the counter, especially if they're the winemaker or something. It's not going to work. If it's just a pour, like there is in a lot of these tasting rooms, you can probably get by with it. But, you know, if there's somebody with knowledge there, you may end up looking like a fool, so don't do it. 38% of wine drinkers say they sometimes put ice in the glass if the wine is not cold enough. Lots of people put wine in the glass. Let me tell you, that is is more common than you think. I used to tell people, and they'd sit there and they'd go, oh, you're not going to like this, but I put wine in our glass ice in my wine and i tell them you know that's cool you know there's nothing wrong with that it waters the wine down that's one of the things it's going to do it will water it down if you're drinking a certain type of wine all the time then freeze some of that wine put it in an ice tray and freeze it and then use those cubes in your wine you're not watering it down, you're getting it cold, and you're using the same wine that you're drinking, so it will just melt in there and be part of the wine. So do it that way. That's a, a much better way to do it. I know that you know most people say, there's no wine left over. Well, do it before you start. Fill up the ice tray before you start, and then that way you don't have to worry about worrying about saving anything at the end because you've got it all right there. 48% of Alcohol beverage shoppers say they tend to buy food and beverages that appeals to them in the moment at the store. I have talked about the value of labels, and this really is a good example. Almost half the people shop basically by labels is what what it boils down to. So, uh, you know, if the label is appealing, it's going to be something that people are going to buy. 43% of wine shoppers say that stored tastings have a strong influence on what they buy. And I was just talking about that earlier. Um, Here, 43%. That's, you know, you're you're approaching half the people out there. 73% of wine drinkers say they would enjoy a wine tasting class. 
I used to have them on average about once a month. People loved them. It was it was fun. I enjoyed teaching them. People enjoyed attending them. I had people come back over the years that had been in my class and tell me how much they enjoyed it, and they kept coming back because of it. Again, if you're a winery, hold a class. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be anything. Just teach people. Teach people a little bit more. I would talk about AVAs, and I would talk about you know tasting and point systems and stuff like that. Just some basic knowledge where people felt that they knew a little bit more and felt a little bit more comfortable about what they were buying. 17% of all wine consumers enjoy visiting wineries frequently with an even higher number of fine wine consumers at 35%. So 17% visit a lot. I'm part of that. I, If I see a winery, I go. Uh, it's just, I don't know, something that I enjoy doing and I will go to a winery every chance I get. But um, 35% of people will uh, go whenever they get an opportunity. Uh, okay, next session. Uh, well, this is cocktails. A uh, couple of quick things on cocktails. 69% of spirits drinkers say that making craft cocktails is a fun way to experiment. 60% of spirit drinkers say that classic cocktails such as Manhattan's and Martini's are stylish again. 17% are drinking more expensive or premium spirits than they used to. A lot of craft spirits out there now. Uh, I just saw an article, and I, I don't remember where I saw the article, but I just saw an article in a paper or magazine or online or something talking about single malt whiskeys that are becoming very popular in the United States now. There's a lot of them popping up all over, as opposed to the blends and stuff, just single malts, which gives a little bit more depth to the character of it. Okay. Uh, premium, they classified as $20 plus, premium wine drinkers switch between all price points. Most high-end drinkers will also drink at lower price points. And premium, again, $20 plus wine drinkers, more exploratory, more knowledgeable, and more social in their consumption. Uh, probably with other wine drinkers, because those who are in a little bit of higher category tend to know a little bit more. Everybody out there, listen to this now, Okay. This is something that I teach in the class. This is something that I try to get everybody to understand. Most everybody buys wine in the $7 to $15 range. That is the standard. That is what you walk in and you buy. That is what you know. That is what you look at. That is what you take home and drink. They're not great. They're okay. And don't get me wrong, I drink my fair share of those myself. In fact, tonight I'm drinking a Yellowtail uh, Rosé, which is very pleasant, uh, light and fruity and it, not real high acid. It reminds me a lot of the Rosé I used to make, only not quite as acidic. But the Yellowtail Rosé is reasonably priced. I mean, it's I think it was like you know $7 or something like that. So I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the $7 to $15 range. That's where the majority of the wines are sold. But 
I, you know, I always say the last 10 bottles of wine you bought cost between 7 and $15. And everybody would nod their head yes, because that's what people buy. Get away from that. The next one or two out of the next 10 bottles, jump up to get the wines that are 15 to the $30 range. And they're saying 20 on this article. They're, they're saying above 20, so I guess I can say 7 to 20. But jump up to the 15 to $30 range. Pick up a wine or two from there and try those, you will see a better jump in quality than you will in most jumps of prices. It's simply because it's just a little bit more goes into it. Yes, you can tell the difference between very expensive wines and cheaper wines, but this is going to show you the difference. And I'm not saying the next 10 out of 10, the next 2 out of 10 jump up to $25, $26 bottles of wine. And you will really start to enjoy that more. And you'll, you'll start, well, like I says here, become more knowledgeable about it and, uh, you know, more sociable in your consumption. Instead of, you know, well, bring me a rosé or something, you'll, you'll say, oh, I had a, do you have this, and type thing. So try that. Jump up into the next higher category on that. Premium wine drinkers are more engaged with online wine purchasing and direct-to-consumer than other wine consumers. And that's simply because you'll get online and you'll buy yourself uh, a set of three wines and get a discount. Uh, you go to the store and you don't know, and so you don't do it. So that's that would be understandable. At all income levels, more wine drinkers are spending their discretionary income on luxury wines. And discretionary income is the important factor of wine for most people. I, uh, you're, you have your basic income, which goes to the rent and goes to the mortgage and it goes to the car payment and it goes to things that you have to have to live. And then you have the money left over. What are you going to spend it on? Some people go movies and some people will do different things. Well, that's your discretionary income that our, people are spending it on wine. Wine is growing so much now. So that is uh, jumping up a lot. Uh, okay, let's see. Wine through the generations. Older consumers tend to enjoy wine more frequently, two or more occasions per week, than their younger counterparts. New interest in fine wines usually starts young, at ages 21 to 30, driven by having an aha wine moment or a friend introducing them to the world of fine wine. Millennials are drinking all types of alcohol and have broader repertoires than older consumers. So this is this is what they found out through their through their survey here. Uh, you know, twenty one to thirty, yeah, I can understand that having an aha wine moment simply because that's when you're old enough to drink and you're starting to discover it. Uh, millennials are drinking everything. Yeah, probably. And uh, they're the ones you start seeing open up these craft breweries and stuff like that. It's the millennials in those. So, And us old people have our favorites and we stick to them. So I understand the reason behind that. The current state of taste. Wine drinkers who prefer wine with, little, with a little sweetness, 60%. I'm surprised it's not higher than that. Uh, yeah, 60% seems a little bit low to me. 
the light and approachable wines such as Prosecco, Moscato, and Sparkling are more popular than ever before. Rosés continue to grow as a year-round wine of choice. And again, I am enjoying a nice glass of rosé tonight. One in five wine consumers have enjoyed a glass of rosé in the last month. So, rosés are always there. They are continuing to grow, and they have grown. And I've talked about the, how rosé is a, a wine of choice from a lot of uh, a lot of people. Sixty-five percent of alcohol beverage shoppers say that speed and efficiency drives their shopping experience. And 39% of wine shoppers say that shopping for wine can be confusing. Yeah, yeah, it can. That's why labels sell. That's why a wine class helps your winery. That's, you know, a lot of that stuff. 40%, that's it's four out of ten people are confused on it. So if we can educate them, it's going to drive them into the wine, drive them to try better wines and stuff. E-commerce. Oh, this is a big one now amongst everyone. 40% 40% of alcohol beverage shoppers say they are likely to shop for alcohol beverages online in the next year. And especially with places like Amazon saying that they can get it to you. 21% of alcohol beverage shoppers say that they have purchased alcohol beverages online already. And free shipping is the single most important attribute for online shopping, more so than price or assortment, which I understand. I can go down to the store and I can buy this, or I can get online, order it, and they hand it to me at my front door. Wow. You're saying no shipping? It's better than paying gas, and that's really what it boils down to. You know, you know what you want, if they have what you want and all that, and it's a good chance to try a few wines that you haven't to doing that. And when people shop online versus in the store, 14% of wine shoppers buy wine using purchase and pickup. 9% of alcohol beverage shoppers use click and collect for at least some other alcohol beverage purchases. And that goes beers, spirits, everything. E-commerce, best for buying wines that are hard to find. Best for selection of imported wines. Best selection and saves time, of course. In-store, for buying your regular brands, better for buying a gift, the best way to explore and find a new wine or spirit, and need for immediate use. If you're having a party tonight, you can't order it online, you're going to have to go to the store. And alternate packaging, we've talked about this a lot. 41% of wine consumers say they would buy wine in alternative packaging if they knew the wine was high quality. And this is the problem. You know, you start getting in cans, and you start getting in boxes, and you start getting in plastic containers, and you go, oh, just the, the idea that a wine is in a can sort of makes you think that it's not the quality. Wine in cans, tetra packs, and single-serve formats are expanding wine to more occasions, such as outdoor gatherings, which is a great thing because you can take them on picnics or to the beach and all that stuff. Now you don't have to worry about a park ranger coming up to you and saying, hey, no glass on the beach. You say, this isn't glass. It's a can. 
Single serves entice trial. 25% of wine consumers say they are more open to try new wines if they didn't have to buy a full-size bottle, which makes a lot of sense. You know, if you're saying, you know, if you can put together a four-pack, even if they have these four-packs, they don't like you to do it, but you can mix them up. You know, take one from each of the different ones available and put it in the pack and buy that and try all four of them. Uh, they frown on that, but, you know, they'll let you do it. But it's a good way to try wines. So there you go. That's 100,000 people were interviewed to give those statistics for you there. Again, if you are interested in that survey, go to www.gallotrends.com, and they have the survey there. You can check out the thing. I basically told you the whole thing, though, so... There you go. That's the E.J. Gallo Winery Cube, our Knowledge Unearthed for Business Expansion Survey, 2018 survey. (coughs) Time to take a sip of my rosé. Hang on. Mike is there sipping the port. Yes, I am. I know. I know. I mentioned last week, and I uh, said I was going to talk about it more. Kendall Jackson is looking at getting a, a an emoji for white wine. The uh, <laughs> winery that changed the way consumers drink wine wants to change the way the world communicates about wine. Kendall Jackson is excited to announce its efforts to generate support for the creation of a white wine emoji. Now, why, why just white? I don't know. I mean, if they're going to do that, you know, jump in there and get white and red. And they're asking the global wine community and white wine lovers to join them. All right. Uh, Kendall Jackson has submitted the proposal, and, the, and yeah, I can give you the email address for the proposal. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the creation of a white wine emoji. And they sent this to the Unicode Consortium. That's at www.unicode, U-N-I-C-O-D-E dot org. Unicode, or slash, uh, it's a nonprofit corporation devoted to creating a universal coding standard for the world's languages. That's what the Unicode Consortium is. Kendall Jackson's proposal was selected for review, and uh, the uh, Unicode Technical Committee is the one that actually did the review, and they will bring the white wine emoji to a vote for development in the spring of 2019 uh, for... More than 35 years, Kendall Jackson has been leading producer of white wines, and their Vintners Reserve Chardonnay is the number one selling white wine in America for more than 25 years. Hey, as an aside here, nothing against Kendall Jackson, nothing against their wines, and I enjoy a lot of their wines, but their Chardonnay is really, really acidic. Pick up another Chardonnay along with the Kendall Jackson at the same time. Open both of them up and try them both side by side, and you'll go, woo! The acid just tear you up on the Kendall Jackson. I don't know why. I guess people think that's how Chardonnay is supposed to be. They're not. That's awful acidic. Um, they said that uh, Chardonnay fans have been reaching out, asking them 
where is the white wine emoji? Yeah, I'm sure they have. That's the first thing that pops to my mind when I think of a white wine emoji. I never heard of it before. This is their chance to do something about it for the global wine community at large, says uh, Maggie Curry, who is the director of marketing. Uh, starting with National White Wine Day, which was on August the 4th. Um, I don't know. I think we might have missed that, didn't we? They're inviting the world to join in digital cheers. Uh, you can... Uh, the winery has developed a white wine emoji digital wanted posters. And they've done a lot of languages. You can go to... HTTP, uh, the whole thing, whitewineemoji.net. All right. Check it out there. Two notable California wineries, Fetzer and Floral Springs, have already partnered with Kendall Jackson to help keep this going. And Kendall Jackson looks forward to building the initial momentum and spreading it around the world. So if you see the little emoji for white wine, then you'll know what it is immediately. They are one of the Kendall Jackson family has been around since 1982 and uh, it's led by, it was founded by Jess Jackson, now led by his wife, Barbara Bank, and uh, second and third generation of Jackson family, located in Sonoma County. And so, uh, California wine. So, uh, Kendall Jackson, you can check them out on Facebook or at their website, www.kj.com. And they're also on Twitter and Instagram. But uh, a white wine emoji, I, you know, okay, great, they're the biggest selling white wine, but I still think they should have done a red while they're at it. And while they're at it, why don't they do all three? Red, white, and rosé. And then that way we can look at it immediately and go, oh, that's a red wine. And it would also be a cool thing to... And there are little notes back and forth. You know, you send me an email and I'd put a little white or red wine emoji at the end of it. That'd be cool. That'd be cute. Oh, okay. So, uh, Kendall Jackson's trying that. Again, let me give you the address if uh, you want to go on and be part of it. It is emoji. WhiteWineEmoji.net, and you can check it out. Let me click on this and see if this shows a picture of the emoji. Oh, it's not doing anything. Why is it not doing anything? Yeah, it does. It shows up. Yeah. <laughs> does it show the emoji? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, there it is. There it is. White wine emoji. Um uh, it looks like a glass of wine. I didn't do that for red or anything. Um, yeah. So y'all can get involved in it if you like. And the website here has all the the proposal and oh, page after page after page after page after page after page after page. Oh my gosh! <coughs> Excuse me, fifteen pages. But it's not all just written. It's got cute little charts and all sorts of stuff in there. So, a white wine emoji. That actually boils just a glass of white wine, which is a good way to do it. So, yeah, there you go, white wine emoji. Uh, 
Okay. Oh, and while I was looking up white wine emoji, I ran across something. I, I clicked. I, I had my site that it popped it up and showed me, you know, what I was going to talk about. I mentioned it last week, and Mike, I meant and talked about a little bit at, uh, on the show a little bit after, but. I have that site, and I want to see if there's any more information available. And basically what I told you is all the information that they have out there for everything. But when I clicked that up, there was all sorts of things for, well, I punched in the white wine emoji, and it, it just Kendall Jackson, uh, a bunch of that. And so while I was on it, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I found a packaging magazine I get, and the 2018 Student Flexible Packaging Design Challenge first place winner was to a couple of young ladies, Emily Herbin and Autumn Rudlong from Iowa State University. We came up with a packaging for wine o gelatin shots. And they're in soft packaging, and they're for, I guess, individual or, or gelatin shocks, or you keep them frozen. I don't know. I, I, it doesn't say any information. So I decided to try to look that up. So I punched in wine gelatin shots. And, oh, my gosh, a whole bunch of stuff on here for that. Um, you can check it out on your your search engine if you want. But just punch in wine gelatin shots. But it gives you a whole bunch of things. Tells you how to you know, different types and all that. I found this one: wine fruit snacks, gummy wine hearts. All right, you can make your own gummy snacks with wine. One cup of wine, two tablespoons of gelatin, one half cup stevia, and two to four tablespoons of maple syrup. And it says the amount of maple syrup will depend on how dry your wine is and how sweet you want your gummies. And it gives directions how to make yourself gummy wine shots or wine snacks. Uh, (laughs) I thought, wow, that's really cool. Uh, So you can check that out. Again, go into... uh, Punch into your search engine wine jello shot or wine gelatin shots, and you'll get a whole bunch of different ones. Uh, wine jello shots, box red wine jello shots, uh, white wine sangria jello shots, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, just fun, a fun thing there to, to do with. And I, I don't know, I'm it, it might be fun just to make it just to just to see what they turn out like. Um, I don't know how you're going to cut them I, or anything. I suppose you can do it with a little knife, all that, once the jello hardens, but uh, or just little small squares or whatever. So, uh, but I saw that and I, I thought, oh, that's really sort of cool. So uh, there you go on that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Kendall Jackson, I talked about that. What is this one here? I talked about that. Uh, what is this? Here. Oh, I talked about that. Oh, this is was interesting. I want to share this with you here. This might be the last thing today, too. This is from Wine Folly. Uh, I, I get emails from them all the time. 
This is 33 of the most bizarre flavors found in wine. And I'm going to go through this list here. I know it's 32, but they're short explanations. But this is interesting, and I will editorialize on some of it. Walnut. This is an aroma that you'll find in Madeira wines, um, the, the older wines. And, I'm, you know, you can detect that. This one's probably banana, an aroma that comes from a winemaking process called carbonic maceration, found mostly in Beaujolais. Bubble gum. This is a very unique red wine aroma associated with light reds from northern Italy and also from red wines made from Gamay in Beaujolais, again, carbonic maceration. Cedar box. This is a good aroma associated with full-bodied reds with some moderate oak aging, uh, found particularly in Barossa Valley, Tuscany, Napa, and Bordeaux. Cola. A popular flavor found on the finish of California Pinot Noirs. It is the things you can start looking for now when you taste these. Dill, an aroma that is commonly associated with American oaks, uh, American oak barrels. It's a more extreme version of an American oak coconut smell. Dill, I've never experienced dill. Fresh cut grass, a positive aroma associated with many white wines in the Laura Valley and from, if I may say, Sauvignon Blancs from uh, New Zealand. Uh, I can picture the country. I can picture the name. Uh, Sauvignon Blancs from New Zealand, uh, fresh-cut grass. Green bean. This is a negative aroma associated with poorly made Sauvignon Blanc and other green varieties like Gruner Wurtleiner. Jalapeno. A very green herbaceous note associated with Sauvignon Blanc and occasionally with Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Carmenere. Uh, one of Sauvignon Blanc can give you a whole bunch of them. Mint, positive aroma, including California's uh, Meritage and the Bordeaux blends. Nail polish remover. This is a negative aroma that indicates that it's, uh, the volatile acidity in the wine is high. Uh, most tasters are more sensitive to the volatile acid of the VA than any others. Uh, uh, some tasters, I should say. Old saddle leather. I've had the misfortune doing that. A savory and unoxious flavor found in many red wines that either have been made with more non-interventionist winemaking, like from Italy, or ones that have Brettomyces. Petroleum, a positive aroma associated with aged reasoning from Moselle, Germany, and from younger examples of Italy and Australia. Petroleum, it says positive. I've never looked at petroleum as positive myself. Popcorn, a strong aroma associated with the butter smell. Uh, brought about from oak-aging white wines. Salami, a very meaty aroma associated with wines from central Italy. Tar, a very rustic, earthy aroma associated with value-driven wines from Tuscany, Bordeaux, and La Mancha, Spain. Wet dog, this is a bad one. This is a commonly associated aroma with wine that is corked are exposed to TCA. Uh, whenever you say wine is corked, it's hard to describe a wet dog or 
barnyard is the two that usually pops up. Baby diaper, a very funky oxidative smell from oaked aged Chardonnay from Burgundy. Sort of scares you from that Burgundy Chardonnay if you get that. Baby diaper. Biscuit, a well-loved aroma associated with aged vintage champagne or oak aged Chardonnay. Cat pee. This is not good. A negative aroma associated with white wines, strictly Sauvignon Blanc from the Lower Valley. I, you know, you, you you do find that not just in Sauvignon Blancs, but you'll find it in other white wines. And it's not thing. It's just like you put your nose to it and you go, "Oh my gosh!" What you know? And it just immediately turns you off to the wine for the evening. Chocolate box. This is a well-loved aroma found in bolder red wines from warmer climates, and you can find this chocolate. And lots of, of red wines. I just you pick up that chocolate aroma and you go, ooh, yeah. Cotton candy. This is a bizarre and fascinating aroma found in many lesser-known light red wine varieties from Alto Adige, Lombardy, and Piedmont in Italy. Eucalyptus. A positive aroma associated with red wines of South Australia and the Barossa Valley. Eucalyptus. Uh, uh, is sometimes they add a few eucalyptus trees or leaves uh, are added into for fermenting purposes to bring out that aroma. But most of the time, especially Australian wines, if the vineyards are around eucalyptus, it, it really does pick it up. It's amazing how much you can pick up eucalyptus. Geranium. This is a winemaking flaw distinguished in white wines, but it can happen in reds and also fuller body whites, geranium. Hay, a smell found on several white wines made in a way that exposes the must to oxygen, including white Rojo, uh, Sylvaner from Germany, and several Portuguese white wines. Licorice, this is a primary aroma commonly associated with many Italian red varieties, uh, including Barbera and Nobello. Uh, I, I've picked up a lot of licorice and Barberas. I, I like a Barbera, and that's one of the things I look for. Musk. This is an animalistic note that smells similar to a sweet, pungent sweat. This aroma is associated with a lot of the old world red wines. Um, I, I've had I don't care for that myself. I, a lot of other things I'd rather look for. New plastic, a chemical-like aroma associated with many high-acidity white wines such as Riesling's and Chablis. There's no presence of plastic in there, uh, but it's uh, petroleum is more of a, a, an advanced, uh, extreme version of plastic, more of a petroleum smell. And that's why they mentioned petroleum back earlier here, and it says a positive aroma. I don't think so. I don't see how petroleum can be positive myself, but they say it's a positive aroma. Uh, Pencilette, a subtle and well-appreciated aroma commonly associated with red wines of Bordeaux and some wines of the Rojo. Diesel, a more rustic petrol-like aroma associated with reasonings from Australia. I don't, diesel's not good. I, you know, and I don't associate it with reasonings of Australia at all. I've had reasonings of Australia many times. Diesel is not something I look for. Rose. 
aroma compounds called Cicero's oxide and beta-damasison, which I pronounced that wrong, associated with many aromatic white wines, including Gewürztraminer, Moscato, and sometimes nice Pinot Noirs. Sweaty socks, an aroma brought about from oxidation or a strong little yeast called Brettomyces and found in many red wines all over the world and a few white wines uh, from the Loire Valley in France. Sweaty socks, and I, you will find that. You can, you know, if you if you look for it, you can actually pick it up. Sometimes it's too much, but you can find it. And violet. An aroma associated with fine wine, red wine blends, uh, particularly blends of Cabernet Sauvignon and Petit Verdot. Uh, so there you go. There are some uh, aromas that you can start looking for in those different wines. And uh, while well, some of them you hope you don't ever find, and some of them really do create some uh, nice aromas on the nose. And... I think that's it for the night. I've got lots of other stuff to talk to you about, but I'm not going to spend the time tonight. We've got a guest next week, so tune in next week. Uh, yeah. And then after that, I'm going to talk to you about TTB and how that started and how they came about to do what they do. And also going to talk a little bit about... Uh, how wine, uh, acid or lack of acid in wines, and uh, wine taxes. I was going to go into that tonight, but uh, I ended up spending more time on the survey than I thought I would. So hmm. those will be coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Did you finish that bottle tonight? No. I did finish a glass, though, that's for sure. <laughs> um, that is good. Um, okay, well, we will uh, close the show out for this evening uh, for September 6th, um, and we'll be back uh, next Thursday, which is the 13th of September. Man, this is just flying through here. Um, yeah. And yeah. like uh, Ron said, we'll have a special guest next, next week. So be sure to join us uh, next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Eastern Daylight Time, um, right here on uh, Blog Talk Radio on the 13th of September. And uh, we'll have another another great show. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, enjoy your weekend. And um, we'll see you all next there. time. Be safe. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.